just came across the bayou, a place full of delicious foods, murky water, and voracious alligators. It's been a little while since we had no visitors on account of the virus happening. Oh, what's that? Y'all want to hear a story? Well, you're in for a treat, cause I've got just the story for y'all. It all started when... Wait. Wait a minute. Where's my manners? Let me introduce myself. Way is the Chomping After Dark Travel Agency. It is run by four wonderful gentlemen, if I do say so myself. You've got the lovely Mercer Brooks. Is that me? No, Mercer Brooks. I love how he looks at the camera as as Mercer Brooks. The fuck is Mercer Brooks? Uh, there he is, Mercer Brooks. How y'all doing Brooks? today? I'm Mercer Brooks, I guess. Uh, you know, I'm I'm feeling a little bit out of place in my own skin, to tell you the truth. Uh, but I'm happy to be here. Um, I could tell you that Man Eater is one of my favorite games of the year but also probably the game i hate the most at the same time so i'm looking forward to talking about it with you fine gentlemen well i don't know what man eater is but i'm sure it's a great story but anyways next y'all have what the, the, what silly... the hell? i don't get the bit i'm lost are we doing a bit we're not supposed to be talking about the next video y'all game have the silly about? reed marcus reed marcus the clusterfuck is that me uh <laughs> Thank you for having me on the show. It's an honor to be here. <laughs> oh, I like it's not sharks. The show. You're a part of the you're part of this here travel agency. Yeah, and our travel plans are huge. <clears throat> Thank you for being here, Reed. Of course our company would be run into the ground if it wasn't for Jesse Finch. Jesse Finch. I'm coming. Hold your horses. Damn. <laughs> Expect me to be there as soon uh, as you're there. In the back of the hmm. shop. What y'all need? We just need you and your sweet baby blues. Well, happy to oblige. And, um, the mouthpiece here is me, Sage Lester. Now let me tell you a story about one particular shark that started from the bottom of the river, and now we are here. That's right, a little 2015 in here for you youngins. Alright, I can't do that voice anymore. We're stopping there. <laughs> well, I say, boy, I say. 
I mean, look, I can commit to the bit if that's what we're doing, but are we, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Shay, help me. I you were the most what's... like a deer in the headlights there, man. I I thought we were talking was, about uh... video games. We are. We Clearly are. you didn't listen so, to his intro. You did not. So I, I it all started when a documentary film crew for a reality television show mm-hmm. began to follow around Pierre. Scaly Pete. LeBlanc, a man who was well-versed in hunting many a shark. He and his son Kyle were hunting an adult bull shark with a harpoon sticking out of its side. The harpoon, belonging to Scaly Pete's father, may he not rest in peace. They found the shark as it was in the midst of a killing spree, leaping onto the hulls of boats, Sorry about the ambulance siren yet again. Dashing in the water at unfortunate swimmers and hopping onto the beach with an appetite that would put a pack of wolves to shame. That fucking siren. I like it. Scaly Scaly Pete and his son hauled the bull shark onto their ship and began to dissect the creature as it was still alive. They quickly discovered that the adult bull shark was pregnant. With emotion? Scaly Pete sliced a gash into the baby shark in order to identify it down the road and planned to let it go. In the process, the shark bit off Scaly Pete's right hand. Well, boy, howdy, isn't that just a bucket of fried baby oil gone bad? The game immediately integrates you into this world of ridiculousness, preparing you to not take the game seriously, despite some fairly realistic mechanics that you experience further into the game. What were your first impressions of the opening sequence, Josh? Uh, I really like the framing device um, of it. Like you mentioned the the actual story story that's going on, but the, like the bigger thing they're getting you accustomed to is that a lot of the dialogue going on here is between Scaly Pete and the camera crew because you don't you're not just a disembodied camera in this game you're a part of a camera crew who's following all this action all this action on on the the hit reality TV show Maneater um right and so an, an awful lot of that is set up during this opening sequence and it in the process gives you a ton of a ton of reason to want to go track down Scaly Pete as the shark and then also kind of setting up this world of just the kind of the over the top reality TV show um that you are yeah unfor- you know it's like a part of because you're the shark in all this yeah they do a good job of drawing you in initially uh giving you any reason to care about the conflict despite mm-hmm. it being humorous they want you they want to draw you into the ridiculousness of it and i think they do a good job at the first impressions at least yeah, at the beginning yeah. morgan I, how I, did you feel about the oh god josh sorry no no i was just yeah i, I think that it, it's one of those things that it gets it's really efficient narratively like they they get an awful lot done um, with an establishing a, shot yeah an awful lot done in a short amount of time there 
I think so too. Yeah. Morgan, how did you feel about the opening? What were your initial impressions? Yeah, it's it's a really cool concept. Um like Josh was saying, but yeah, the execution of that concept uh from a production value standpoint was pretty distracting. I like I didn't know going into it that it was going to be like that sort of rough of a game like visually and animation and all that stuff. It was it was pretty bad. Um, I was like, oh, this is kind of a C or D tier. Like, right from the get-go, though, it was kind of like, okay, this is what I'm getting into. There's no expectations kind of out the window. So, like, the idea was fine. It was just kind of a bummer that uh, the production values were pretty low. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. They're a smaller company, uh, Tripwire, and uh, maybe Maneater 2 will... You know, I guess in my in my head, I had dreamed for like the absurdity of like a Far Cry game with sort of like, you know, over the top, but like really high production values. You want it to be bad. Um, <laughs> you don't like Far Cry games? I like to. I don't like Far Cry Five particularly. Uh, 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 just, I like just three. One. You just don't like, like the one I like. I like one, and I like three. <laughs> okay, so you do like Far Cry? So Far Cry isn't bad then. I like Far Cries, just two of them, okay. two out of like twelve. All right, well, uh, so yes, uh, Far Cry would be nice. Uh, I was hoping for something like the production values of like a Ubisoft game, but just sort of the spirit of this crazy shark game. So, yeah, but you know, right from the get go, what you're getting into pretty fast. Okay, mm-hmm. so besides the production, how did you like the beginning of the story? Is what I was asking about, not the production. Um, the production values was like so distracting that, but I, I, the concept was fine. The con- I, I, I did like the idea of you being like a baby bull shark. Um, as opposed to like a baby great white shark, uh, if you as far as like once you get past the cutscenes, um, which I think you're leading into there, so I apologize, but yeah, the the idea is cool. I'm glad they went with the bull shark instead of a great white because that's like the generic way to go, I think. Yeah, that's cool. That's actually, I didn't even think about that really. I was just like, oh, cool shark, but that's kind of cool that you actually thought about what species it was, and I I know that sounds like such a silly thing, but. It's kind of it's kind of cool because there are many different types of species of sharks, and I know there's a whole Shark Week um, the, dedicated. Really... But it's cool that it, another shark got coverage instead of you know the prototypical either killer whale or great white. Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. There is a really interesting story about that. Prototypical bull. was not the word he used there. I just realized either, but oh well, we're gonna the, go with it. Um, no, it's fine. There was a pretty interesting story. Uh, Rich is probably he meant oversexed. Yes, correct. I saw that season of Jack Horseman. <laughs> There's a pretty cool story that Rich is probably a little more familiar with because he lives in that area, but it was like in like the early 1900s, and there was a bull shark that got into the rivers there. Uh, that, that's was, the plot to Jaws 4 that didn't happen. It was the real-life story that inspired, I believe, the book Jaws. I, I could be wrong on that, but I believe that's the Yeah, case. no, I believe you are correct. Um, it's about just these bull shark murders along these rivers where it's basically brackish water, you know, salt water that flows into fresh water. Uh, and I was always fascinated with, with that as a kid. So yeah, bull sharks, uh, they're kind of creepy because they'll just, they're notorious for just biting anything. They'll eat trash and stuff like that too. Not as much as like tiger sharks. Like you'll find, like you'll cut open tiger sharks and find like tires and license plates and stuff in there. But yeah, bull sharks are, uh, a, a little more nondescript. So yeah, yeah, that's fair. Rich, what were Tangent. your first imp- <laughs> what were your first impressions of the uh, opening sequence of the game? 
I think I'm mostly falling in line with uh, what Josh was saying here. Like, I think it does a lot very quickly to establish its tone, which is important. Um, being that whole, like, the actual conflict is just there because you need a conflict to drive the plot. But the framing device is what's interesting. Also, killer talent on there with Chris Parnell as the host of uh, Maneater. Uh, for anyone who's unfamiliar with Chris Parnell by name, he is a character in some of your favorite stuff. He's Cyril mm-hmm. Figgis in Archer. Uh, he's Jerry in Rick and Morty. He is Dr. Spuchemin in 30 Rock. Uh, he is a fucking killer comedic actor, and he he was a great choice to basically be most of the dialogue in this game. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I kind of... The, the thing we... You mentioned it, that this is kind of starting with the shark's mother there. But as far as gameplay goes, it's doing the whole uh, Metroid, you have a full kit at the very beginning of the game and then instantly lose it. But with this one, it's because you're not the same shark um, to kind of get you you're a pupper hooked now. on, the, uh, on the, uh, the promise of all these new abilities that you will eventually be able to unlock again. I remember on the podcast, Shay said he did not like when he lost all his abilities. He was kind of bored. That's true. That's true. Like I, I feel, I feel like that's such a uh, like early two thousands style. Like it really harkened back to that, and I did not enjoy that particular um, thing that they did there. But it's cool that other people did, and I, I'm, I'm happy that other people did. I did not like that particularly. You know, I'm not usually a fan of that trope. I just thought that because it was a different person who had the loadout, that it kind of it felt different enough. Because it clearly wasn't. Oh, you're losing all these. Why? Why am I? Because there's never a good reason. There's you're never a, a good reason to lose your you whole loadout. Become. And they finally gave us a good reason to to just lose your whole loadout there. Narratively, I, yeah. yeah, narratively, yeah. and it was it was I thought it was fun because of that. And to be fair, like the final shark you get was way different cuz your final shark will yeah. have all sorts of crazy body armor and shit, so um which ironically, I don't know about you guys, but I never felt like I had to stray from like that cool bone armor. I know there's Oh no, I didn't of... use that at all. I used the bioluminescent stuff. Really? Well, you probably made the game I would think a little harder for you then cuz the the bone no. armor you could... Okay, so it's easy no matter what. All right, I was just curious if maybe the... It just sounds like, like you played it differently than me. Well, if if you have the bone armor, yeah, you pretty much just bite and ram everything, and your body is built to withstand damage and give out damage. So, yeah, it's it's your, just a bruiser, basically. Yeah. Yeah, there are three or four different, like, kind of overall uh, schemes of upgrades you can get, and the... The bone armor is basically just kind of stats. You get a bunch of defense, a bunch of offense. Um, yeah, and that's what they start you yep. with. That's like the base. The one thing I always look for in a game is like, are they going to ask me to switch up my playstyle based off of like some clever gameplay? And unfortunately, they never. I never felt the need to switch it up. But I imagine it's nice aesthetically if you want to just play the game a little differently to go with a different set. Because I mean, I pretty much smashed and bashed my whole way through the game. Uh, pretty easily but i how did the other sets play were they were you more like kind of in the distance or how, how does that work well, ability based but uh, this is also long ago now yeah well the one rich was oh. using is kind of built around stun locking because you can shock enemies oh, and kind of okay. avoid damage that way 
by having things stunned more often. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But all right, let's move on from the intro and the tangents. Let's get on to the next part of the story. So the infant shark began to explore the bayou, eating what it could while avoiding some of the bigger predators, such as alligators and various fish species. Within the span of a few hours, which is that hyper-realism I was referencing earlier, the infant shark began to grow and became stronger. It began to move to areas outside of the bayou, finding a city, a cleaner river, a suburban area, and even man-made tunnels. When the shark became big enough, it was clear that the fish could no longer satiate its appetite. It longed for the feel of human flesh upon its many serrated teeth. When you guys were swimming around with the beautiful sound of Chris Parnell serenading you as you dashed to and fro, you were left to experience your own minor story beats as the world opened up to you. What were some of the more memorable experiences that you remember without having the main story guide you along, Morgan? That's a good question. You know, the, I mean, like I was joking with you beforehand, the story was pretty much a non-existent thing for me. I thought they did a really good job with the, the under, like giving the, uh, cause you spend the whole game underwater. So they made that world, they carved it out. I thought in a interesting way from the perspective of the shark to kind of see, cause in most games, you know, you walk around on land, so they pretty much uh, have to design this entire game. Uh, underwater to be interesting. I thought they could, did a really good job. But yeah, the Chris Parnell stuff, I'm glad you guys mentioned because all those little like signposts and everything were like these funny little antidotes that uh, gave the game a good flavor of humor, I thought. Um, so like the narrative then became like, okay, this is this is kind of a joke. This is a comedy game. This is absurd, obviously. Um, but yeah, they, uh, I'm trying to think if there was one of those bits that like stuck out to me. Um specifically was there was a oh god there was a picture i took for you guys there was wasn't there but there was a bunch of weird sort of inside jokes there was like a spongebob house underwater wasn't there at one point? yeah yeah there references. there's a ton of those there's the the banana stand from arrested development yes it, yeah and it seems like the people that made the end have a pretty good sense of humor you know somewhat similar to my own so yeah i enjoyed all the, but the narrative like a sort of just so when I was a kid, I would look out into the water and I would sort of like, I've lived on the Gulf Coast as well. And just the ocean to me is a very creepy, haunting place. So it was very cool as a shark to get to start in the shallows and the the mucky um, marsh waters and sort of um, go sort of into those nice channels on the Gulf Coast and then out into the deeper water portion of, and like feeling sort of that, um, the sort of vicariously living through this evil creature that I also fear um, was sort of a, an interesting. What thing makes for the me. shark evil? Uh, well, I say that sort of obviously tongue in cheek because you know I don't believe that animals are generally evil by nature. Although in this game, let's be clear, you're evil. <laughs> you're, I mean, you are you are just murdering people by the hundreds of thousands. So there's really you know it's not what a real shark would do in real life. Animals are obviously not evil. This shark in this game is very very evil well hold on there just a darn minute are you really murdering these humans or are they murdering your habitat 
and you're retaliating on behalf of all the river and ocean. Uh-huh. No, you're murdering the humans. But, um, really? Yeah. But yes. You're, you're, <laughs> yes. You're murdering them, even, even though they're polluting these rivers so much that you can eventually grow bioelectric teeth. I guess in that world... Which is awesome you know, in the shark's defense. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you get those. The other, the other few thousand sharks get leukemia. Yeah, well, the sharks get, around you, but you can't worry. You can't worry about the other sharks, right? If they were worried, they would wear a mask. It's like the Spider-Man <laughs> thing, right? Like you get bit by a spider, and you turn into Spider-Man, but everyone else just gets bit by a spider. So you're the shark. That I don't special. know that that's the story of Spider-Man. Yeah, that's pretty much it, Rich. This, I hate no, to break it to you. It's you don't not. know the story of Spider-Man after yeah. all these years. Yeah, no. Great spider bite comes great Benadryl stick. Okay, Rich, tell me the r- real story of Spider-Man. Well, I'm wrong. if we're going with classic Spider-Man, <laughs> the, the spider was uh, radioactive, which in modern day makes no sense because Peter would just get cancer. Um, but, like, it's a, a an experimental spider from a lab. Like, you're, I think you're really just trying to dumb down the whole Spider-Man scenario, and now I'm going to move on because I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> No, no, you're right, you're right. Good yeah, point. it's not like he got he's special, he got bit by a spider, he got bit by a radioactive spider. But I guess the absurdity of it's the same. You know, you are a radioactive shark in many ways. It's the same sort of general idea. Yes. Rich, how did you feel <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> about and what were some of the more memorable experiences that you remember without having the main story to guide you as you were swimming through the ocean and the rivers? Um... Some of my most fun that I made was uh, I really enjoyed once you could get a a lot of hang time on uh, land through some of the upgrades. I really like just flopping around on boats and smashing them up real nice with my tail. That's fair. Was there any like story or like hidden motive that you kind of just put in there or was it just have fun? I think it was mostly have fun and I could use the, uh, you know, the plot's thread of like, well, you know, they killed my mom. I gotta, I gotta get these fuckers to justify my terrible, terrible actions. So it's a revenge story, like the last one, right? right? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. <laughs> but you it don't is a revenge ex- story. Yes, but I think we're on the you same also page you here. don't expect the shark to go through all that much personal growth. And after twelve <laughs> hours, you actually start playing as um, an orca whale. It's really, it's crazy, yeah. You know, in the sequel, you're just going to play a Scaly Pete's son. Rich, that's cool. I'm glad that you you kind of actually developed this little (laughs) side story thing you had going on there. Josh, like, what do you think? Did you have any, like, little underlying story Um, that you'd built up for yourself? That I was trying to live my dream of becoming a professional skateboarder. The first shark professional skateboarder. That's why I kept jumping out of the water and doing tricks in front of these people at different places. But nobody appreciated me. And so I ate them. So naturally, when you started leaping out of the the water, the little drum fill went into the the surfer guitar riff. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you hear hear a guy in the background go, yo, 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 yo. And then the (laughs) the horn section comes in. Is that what you're saying? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's no, that's fair. Yeah, I 
I really enjoyed um, just kind of swimming around in the waters, and you you had a little bit of like side missions in that you wanted to build up enough. Um, I can't even remember what it's called anymore, but enough of a Shark threat juice. level threat level to basically make some of the uh other shark hunters come after you or um just kind of it was kind of fun to grow as the shark you know be like okay i can't fight cro- or uh, alligators right now what do i have to do and it's like you kind of built up these stories that like oh, okay i'm able to midnight threat level midnight rich um that you uh you can only fight these level of creatures. Why are there all the ambulances in my city today? Someone is very uh, injured near you. <laughs> there they are. They just keep falling down. <laughs> like, why won't this guy stand up? God damn it. Um but just like okay, I can beat this level of fish. And it just kind of was like the the growth and development. It was kind of cool to see that. And having Chris Parnell's voice narrate it like, oh, the the young shark is getting bigger kind of thing. It really added to that. It Without his voice there, it would have been a much, much, much more boring game. So, Yeah, I agree 100% with that. He, he, he was essential. He was like the most unknown qual- quantity because no one really knew that that he was in there but it ended up being one of the most essential things about the game funnily enough so yeah let's move on as the shark continued to grow and eviscerate its prey other shark hunters took notice looking to make a kill they all boasted supreme confidence but ultimately met their end. Back on Scaly Pete's boat with his son and the film crew, his and his son's relationship grew contentious as they argued about whether or not Scaly Pete's father was killed by a megalodon, despite most people having believed that the last megalodon existed over two million years ago. They found a growing shark again. Excuse me. They found the growing shark again and attempted to kill it. The shark hopped onto the boat and began to devour Scaly Pete, starting with the left leg. With some quick thinking, they attempted to burn the shark, but it escaped. With all of the commotion, an explosion... Explosion? An explosion (laughs) went off on the Cajun Queen. That's actually my favorite warming lotion. Explosion? Yep. (laughs) Killing Kyle and leaving Scaly Pete stranded. That's the name of my lube that we're going to be putting on the Sword Chomp store. At this point, it's clear that hunting the shark with his father's harpoon has led Scaly Pete to lose everything that he had. His boat. His livelihood with losing his arm and leg. His son. And his pride. He's left with nothing. Where did you expect the game to go at this point? And did you have any empathy for Scaly Pete, Rich? Um, not really, uh, as far as the empathy goes, because he's just kind of made out to be like this dick who is just hunting an animal for sport. 
um, and kind of brought this shit on himself in some ways. Uh, not that I feel like he's supposed to feel like this super sympathetic character. Uh, more so, like, I think if, any, if anyone's me- meant to feel sympathetic in this plight, it's his son. And unfortunately, he ends up being collateral damage in all mm-hmm. of this. And I guess that's supposed to be more symbolic in some sense of, you know, you are the surviving child trying to avenge your mother. And now the hunter who took her from you loses his son. Um, and as far as where I thought it was going, uh, pretty much the place it's headed, which is all right. Well, he's got nothing to lose now. So we're headed towards some uh, big bombastic final confrontation. You know, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that I didn't make this parallel until just now that much like the game, the last game that we did a chomping after dark on. We have two characters that we are um, experiencing that have very different revenge stories, and they kind of come together in one final showdown. Well, and you know, that's a good point, although we decided on the last one that it wasn't a revenge story, but I'm with you 100%. No, no, I didn't. Who was this we shit? Smart people. No, you Um, you definitely said it wasn't a revenge story. um, (laughs) (laughs) Josh, um... Where did you expect the game to go at this point, and did you have any empathy for Scaly Pete? Uh, no, I'm I'm basically on the same page with Rich there. Um, they they do a good job of kind of having his son be this put upon kid who actually knows what the fuck's going on, but you know can't do anything about his dad. Um, and have that you know have his dad's just complete inability to move on end up hurting his son, which I thought was kind of a an apt metaphor for all of our lives at this point, um, given the current state of the world. Fucking boomers. Um, but you know, it like it, it, uh, I do, I do think that it ended, it ended up from here, kind of, kind of where I, I saw it going from that point. Yeah. Right. Well, you come here for the, uh, deep, thoughtful analysis and breakdown of a video game, and you stay for, uh, Josh insulting boomers unexpectedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's yeah. the only kind of entertainment. Yeah, the youngins you stay here because uh, that's that's the content they want, and the boomers stay here because they don't know how to change the channel. <laughs> I can't figure that's out awesome. how to unsubscribe <laughs> from this podcast. God damn it! How Spotify works, son? Um, Morgan, where did you expect the story to go at this point, and did you feel bad for Scaly Pete? Poor old Scaly Pete was just trying to avenge his father in his hand. No, I I am very, I got to give you guys credit. I'm very impressed you guys are actually having a real conversation about this game. I feel like I'm in some sort of alternate universe where Josh is talking about this just as serious as like The Last of Us 2. And I feel like I need to wake up. I feel like someone needs to shake me so that I can wake up. Um, Don't say it, Josh. Don't, oh God, Josh just said something in chat about, <laughs> you don't mean that. You're just playing around. Yes, I do. <laughs> Josh said it had a better story. <laughs> In the last the he, characters are more relatable. He's, uh-huh. he's he's just playing around. Uh, I, next question, please. Tell yourself whatever you got to tell yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. That's canon. Some one of our listeners is going to have that memorized as like canon. Like I remember when Josh said to Manny, "You had a better story." 
Um, you know, that's that, that why did they have a sudden roll? <laughs> Everyone does now. It's just a thing. They're playing man eater. You know, it's the Gulf Coast. No, I. I mean, I spent zero seconds thinking about this story at all. So, but this is still a lot of fun. So, go ahead. Next question. <laughs> Go ahead. Next. Thank you question. for not answering the question. <laughs> Thanks for showing up tonight, man. I was yeah, just trying to be, it. you know, affable. I, I mean, I don't think there's really anything to say. I'm sorry. You just, um, you, you, you're just supposed to have fun because you're taking this way too seriously. I am but anyways, having fun. We'll move on. The shark finally <laughs> reached the ocean. I'm fucking with you. I'm just fucking. We're terrible people. The shark finally reached the ocean and was growing Decent larger sharks. than anyone had ever seen. It continued to terrorize the ocean and the city alike. The film crew still followed Scaly Pete around and began to express concern for his mental health. Scaly Pete devised an insane plan to take down the shark once and for all. He repaired his father's old patrol boat and armed it with military-grade firepower. He retaliated against the film crew angry at the perceived treason before we get to the final showdown guys i want you to theorize where and how scaly pete acquired the military grade weapons josh if you will the south he he acquired them the south shall rise again well not just that like you, you can walk into basically any store and just pick those up Without a any any like any gun show that he could have he could have stocked that thing up over over any any true. any long weekend. I lived in the South. That's very you go true. to a bait and tackle shop in Fort Lauderdale, and they're like, "Well, well, you can't let you get on out of here without your complimentary gun." Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's a rocket launcher for that box of worms. Mm-hmm. True. I, I like how you sighed <laughs> in the middle of your your little speech, Josh, as if you've seen things. That you don't like to remember. Uh, that little added effect. Morgan, we where, did, where the hell did Scaly Pete <laughs> get these weapons from? Um, I, 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 as as I will agree with Josh. It, it's you know, if you've lived in the South, you know that it's pretty much, you know, cigarettes, bait, and rocket launchers. So. Yeah, I, I, I buy it, for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. It's easier Rich? to piggyback on Josh when I just... Uh, I'll give you a little more, <laughs> I'll give you a little more perspective here, because I got some theories. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, um, please. First off, the, the easy answer is gun show loophole. Uh, the backup answer that I think is a little more involved is, looking at Scaly Pete, he's a man who calls himself Scaly Pete. That takes a certain kind of person. Um, his father seems like he was probably the same crazy type of person. I am fully willing to believe that he just had these things on hand, that he comes from a long line of doomsday preppers, and this shit was just sitting on a piece of land somewhere that he owns. Uh-huh. That's fair. Just, like, literally sitting on top of it, just in, out in the open. <laughs> Nobody's touching it. Yeah, yeah no, just no, he, he got out the bush hog and cut the grass and found most of it. You're like, oh shit! I forgot we had this electromagnetic field generator. Uh-huh. You know, As Rich, I gotta give you credit that <laughs> that was a really well good answer to a ludicrous situation. And it, but I, you, you, that was a good answer. I'll give you that. Thank you. 
Rich, you kind of, you kind of, I thought you were going to go the same direction I went, but you didn't. So I, I will tell you where I think Wait Scaly in, Pete. please. So as you alluded to, Scaly Pete's nickname is Scaly Pete. Scaly. Um, and as we know, <laughs> oh my God, I love where Scaly. you're And um, as we also know, uh, the government is run by lizard people. So we actually are getting down to a deeper plot that Scaly Pete is a part of the government. He's Scaly Pete is of, Elizabeth Warren. That's right. He's a part of this secret sect of government people. So all he did off camera when the film crew wasn't filming was called some of his buddies in the white in the white house the white office the white house and he said hey i have this secret ninja shark that is going to take yeah. over I the need sharks are moving in power. on our turf again they are and they were more than happy to oblige licking the air as they were taking a gauge of what is happening and they supplied him yeah they were like the firepower necessary meet bill clinton and ted nugent at this address in an hour that's right that's right so that's my theory of where he got the weapons at um you heard it here first ladies and gentlemen uh, breaking news wow so that's amazing and it's 100 percent true because this happened uh-huh. it did i saw i saw it with my own eyes at area 51 all right so let's get to the wow last segment powerful stuff that's right. Scaly Pete and the shark met out in the open ocean, and the fight was on. Scaly Pete activated his electric field in an attempt to deter the shark from hopping on deck, all while unloading missiles and bullets. The shark eviscerated gunner divers and evaded the missiles while gritting through the pain of the electric field, jumping on deck and dealing colossal damage. The shark hopped on deck one final time to deal the last blow to Pete. In his last-ditch effort, he activated his explosives and killed him and the shark. Two creatures whose lives were intertwined at birth finally came to an end with one explosion. Two revenge stories drowned in the depths of the ocean. Do you think that both of them will become legends? Or is this just another Saturday night down in the bayou, down south, Morgan? Uh, Another legendary night down south. You know... I don't know. I don't know. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that insight. Rich? You're welcome. Wow. Power, okay, powerful buddy. stuff, Morgan. Uh, I'm drowning here. I like to think, you know, and I've given this a lot of thought. Um, I like to think that the shark <laughs> and Scaly Pete are locked in an immortal struggle. Much like Zelda. Um, I'm sorry. Much like Link and Ganon. Uh, they're reborn every hundred years to duke it out. <laughs> mm. 
You know, I the like game that you and theory. Josh have been describing this whole time sounds amazing. It's this I, I game. Really you played that it. game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so I don't I think like there'll ever theory. be an end to this. Yeah. So, and I, I was the one who platinum the game. What the hell is wrong with this picture? I don't know, it sounds like you got a lot of time in your hands. <laughs> you could platinum it in 10 hours, actually. I'm pretty sure. It was one of the weirdest platinums okay. I got because it said yeah. like 15% of the audience is platinum. It was like 15%. That's a lot. Josh, was this story meant to go down as a legend, or is this just another Saturday night down south? It's both. This, this story Man. is going to end up printed out, improperly scaled on, uh, like, uh, I don't know, 15 weight printer paper on a bait shop. Mm. Right, right next to the uh, the uh, the bear traps that are sized for mosquitoes. Um, yes, and the uh, and the live crickets for uh, for people to see as they so, come in, and the the tale the tale of Scaly Pete and his struggle with what mm. at this point is going to be believed to be a megalodon. Yes, yeah. yes, I, do I think, think he was right. I think you're on something. I think you're on to something, Josh. I think that this is going to be a story that is told um, in history class for the next 50 years all across the U.S., um, the story of this eternal struggle. Uh, I think also some literature classes uh, in high school will take this story on, um, and it will be a stark reminder about revenge. Of man's uh, hubris. It's probably one of the best video game Revenge stories told this year, uh, if I do say so. Myself. I would say it puts any other video game revenge story, especially any told in 2020, to shame. Well, there hasn't been any <laughs> other ones, so I agree with you. We're finally right. on the same page. Okay, so <laughs> so we can skip the game of the year show this year, right? Like, I think we just fucking got to the bottom of it. I mean, it's man eater. Well, for sure. We we definitely got to the bottom of the ocean in this game, so I will say that. I did. Um, what do you guys... my, It glitched out. I oh, tried the whole thing. Mm. Mm, 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 mm-hmm. um, I did want to say a couple oh, anecdotal please. things because obviously I don't have a goofy answer like you guys to this. I did like uh, my favorite. Here's a piece of trivia for the Sword Chomp audience. My favorite shark is the Mako shark. Um, in pronoun- improperly pronounced Mako shark by many people, as Final Fantasy VII has taught us about the Mako. Those aren't the same thing. Well, it's, it's debatable. Um, is it, though? Yeah. It actually is, if you look up the pronunciation. Uh, oh, God. The pronunciation? Oh, God. <laughs> you, you really don't want to learn pronunciations from someone telling you it's pronunciation. That doesn't know how to pronounce <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> it, it doesn't lend an air of confidence to the whole endeavor. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. You really put your foot uh, in your mouth there. <laughs> uh, no, in all seriousness, I have no idea if it's Mako or Mako, but I do think it's funny that whenever uh, they started seeing Mako in Final Fantasy VII, people were like, what? I thought it was Mako. Well, those people never played Crisis Core. What do they say in Crisis Core? Mako. 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 Um, no, there's all the the boss fights with the uh, Apex Predators are really cool, but yeah, my favorite shark is the... Mako shark. I just think it looks. They actually believe that the megalodon is probably more likely to have descended from the uh, the Mako shark or the Mako shark 
as an ancestor as opposed to the great white, which is a common misconception. Um, but yeah, the apex predator fights were, were, you know, not super complex, but interesting. I thought it was cool to see how they handled that. And they kind of did it out of order too. Like the crocodile, I think is the third one you'd fight, even though you think it's like going to be the first one. Uh, and you can, as far as like environmental storytelling, you see the little area where the crocodile comes from. If you look around, you can see like, you know, uh, as someone who lived in the South, you'll go to those places where they have like a little crocodile show or an alligator show. And, you know, they get everyone gathered around. And it's really fucking so goddamn Southern of people to do. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot of little cool touches like that in the game that I liked uh, a lot. So uh... a crocodile, the chicken of the mud. <laughs> Lots of smashing crates and sorts of good stuff. That's so. right. Did you Shay? Did you go with the? Okay. Uh, did you go with the the bone one like I did? What shark did you go with? Were you bone in or bone out with your shark? I did a combination. Uh, I loved the Borg eye that he had with the shadow, and then mm. I did the electric with the rest of it. Oh really? Okay. Yep. Mm. So I was the only one. Oh uh, wait, I did that until the very end. Then I did bone at the very end because uh, Scaly Pete gave me a little bit of issues, so ah. I switched over to the bone. Yeah, yeah, I did a bunch of min maxing on there to uh, like if you don't, you look insane, you look fucking crazy by mixing and matching these these kits. But uh, exactly why I didn't do it. Well, yeah, I didn't really it care. It would have driven I'm, me up the wall. I didn't yeah, need to like, min-max in this game at all. And... Mm-hmm. No, you you really don't need to, which is why I've, you keep hearing people, you know complaints about the combat being so simple. It's because the game's easy. You don't it's ever it need, is, yeah. You don't need to learn the combat at all um, to get through it. But there's a lot there to do. Like, I really liked the, uh, the Shadow Tail, because you could weaken enemies from a range and just put, like, a a dot on them that lowered the damage they do to you by like more than the bone armor would reduce the damage in the first place. But then you still use the bone armor for the damage reduction. And then, uh, uh what, what you, you get a set of teeth that heals you when you eat things, but I can't remember which one that is, but yeah. Um, yeah. Like I mixed and matched is kind of what I did and ended up I believe being that's the shadow one. Like the yeah, shark I think it was the shadow, cool. but yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, the shark did look really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. like, my shark looked pretty badass. I mean, they that, that as far as what the game did right that I was hoping for as a as a shark fan waiting for this game, like, I did get to be a overpowered crazy. I think it's cool that they made the shark take sort of a fant, uh, phantasical route, you know? Yeah. Um, if, if that's the word I'm looking for. Fan- fantastical? Fan- fantastical? Um, because it was really just over the top, like demonic or like you guys had lightning and electricity and all this stuff. Yeah. They, I think all that, like the tone of the game, I thought they generally did a really good job with. Yeah. Right. Okay. So next, what do you think happens to the Kaiju that is trapped out in the ocean, Rich? We never got the answers. Really easy answer here. Um, the, General uh, force and destruction of the explosion uh, caused by Scaly Pete at the end of the game actually raises the kaiju from his immortal slumber, and he destroys the entire Holy city. Shit. Yeah. Holy shit. Just like, just like with every other nuclear test in the ocean. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's how, that's how that you that's want right. Godzilla's? That's how you get Godzilla's. Yeah, that's why I'm telling them to stop this testing. Mm-hmm. Best case scenario, we get a Godzuki. And he'll just be kind That's of right. annoying. 
That's right. Look, I've seen Cloverfield. I know what you're talking about. I don't think you do. <laughs> I actually don't. Why the fuck are you guys talking about kaiju? Did I miss something? Is there some sort of hidden joke There's in the game that I missed? There's a massive hatch yeah. hidden out in the ocean. That's just oh, like, you, you see stuff banging against the hatch. It's like, yeah, oh, that's chain fun. closed. That's cool. Yeah. How did I miss it's really that? cool because I, like you don't it's, know it's if way it's out like there legitimately going to be a boss or not. Yeah, you know that would be some DLC right there. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe we actually <laughs> talked about that cool, when right? we talked about it in the main show. Is that like yeah, we so definitely did. way out in the corner of the ocean, and we, we talked about the kaiju that, that was going to sure. be some DLC. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know what? That's uh, the mystery of it's cooler, probably. So maybe. That's we'll the see. coolest thing you guys yeah. have said over the past hour about the story in this game is that. <laughs> that was not part of the story. It's just environmental storytelling, man. That's The environmental that's storytelling good. is really good in this game. With, it is. Um, I mean, you're, you're in the water, but like even just looking out over the land around you is really cool. Just kind of seeing just the way it's been developed is, it, yeah, it's really impressive. Yeah, I think so, and I would agree with you. So, so I have one last question for you guys. Um, if you guys can keep it as minimal as you can, as per usual, you know the question, you know the deal here. Do you rec do you recommend this game to our lovely listeners, Rich? Uh, wait for a sale on this one. I think it's stupid fun but as far as i know it's still a little problematic uh as far as performance goes and stuff like that and it's i like that a lot i think it's super fun and when it's like 15 20 bucks i think it's totally worth picking up um caveat there i'm I'm basically on the same page i've not heard how the console versions fare because the pc version has you know a couple minor issues but it never gave me a problem in my playthrough yeah it's it's not it's not people had problems but yeah like the the console versions though were a mess at launch and i've not heard enough about how they are doing currently so i would kind of along those lines if that hasn't been fixed absolutely i'd recommend it on pc um but uh yeah if if those sort of major bugs are still there in console then no no i i, I it, the frustration is uh, is not going to be tolerable right right morgan do you recommend this game yeah i mean it, that's a, it you know how i feel about this question i will say that i it's difficult for me to to people know where i'm coming from that this was one of my most anticipated games of the year and I'm obsessed with sharks, and I host a video game podcast. So, like, this game was kind of a dream What's it called? for me. Um, I, you're not gonna, it's, it's nothing to do with sharks, weirdly enough. Called the Chompcast, all right? I'll tell you about it later. Um, but the, yeah, I almost Named after Jeremiah one, Chomp. Yes, yeah. Uh, no. Um, you know, it deleted my game twice, and I think they fixed those issues on the PS4 for the most part from what I saw with the patch. Not 100% sure. Um, and, uh, it's, you know, I definitely wanted to throw my PlayStation into the ocean a couple of times because I lost save data and the game is very rough around the edges for sure, but I did get the platinum. So I'm not going to sit here and tell somebody uh, that I don't recommend something I got the platinum in. 
Uh, I actually enjoyed it probably than I've enjoyed Ghost of Tsushima. So you can stick that in your pipe and smoke it. No thanks. <laughs> this is glowing recommendations. So far it's better than The Last of Us Part 2 and better than Ghost of Tsushima. We, we, we've lost all credibility. Again, I think this is the game of the year. <laughs> uh, better is not the word okay. I would use, but yes. So to answer a few of your guys' questions and comments, it actually is on sale right now on the PS4 Summer Sale. Um, so if that influences your decision, they have up or they have patched the game. Uh, so some of the issues that were not fully, but some of the issues that were um, plaguing the game have been fixed. For example, there's a mission called the Queen of the Ocean. Uh, that would trigger some hidden objectives. Uh, that's been fixed. But the save files being corrupted, the one that Morgan is referencing, has not been fixed yet. They're still trying to figure out why Ugh, as of that's now. That's awful. You know, I had to go to a yeah. cloud save. So, that was just, this is the truth? Yeah, that's just some information true, there. True. Like, thank you for that, Shay. True story. I was five minutes away from the Platinum, and I lost my save. Um and I had yeah. I went downstairs to get something to eat and came back up. My PlayStation had witness standby, and when I pulled it back on, the game had restarted, and I lost my save. I was literally five minutes from the platinum. Luckily, pulled up a cloud save and got it. But that would have been the most irritating thing to me. Um, so yeah, that's that's a huge deal breaker. Yeah, if you I can't recommend people get that thing on console if it's just erasing people's games still. Like that's just a no go, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so I kind of sit somewhere in between everyone here. I had I had fun with the game. Um I enjoyed it when it was working. Um as I said on the Chompcast, uh if you're hearing this show outside of the Chompcast, uh my console restarted I believe 17 times was the final count for me because my console continued to overheat. Mm-hmm. I was playing this on the um was it the Xbox? I was playing on the Xbox, and my console continued to overheat and shut itself off. I've never had that issue with another game, ever. And it made it very difficult. And there were times where um, I actually had to backtrack some distance because I hadn't been able to save or gotten to an autosave point. That happened to me multiple times while playing this game. Uh, so there's that disclaimer there. But would I recommend it uh, if it's on sale like it is right now on the P- PS4? Um, I wouldn't buy it on the PS4, but if it's on sale, for example, then yes, um, it's definitely a game worth picking up if it's on sale. There's a lot of fun to be had in it. Uh, buying full, buying it full price, not worth it. And I would say playing it on the PlayStation, not worth it because they have not fixed the issue that Morgan ran into. But it is fun. It is worth your time. And we'll leave it there so there y'all have it ladies and gentlemen the bayou can be a mighty treacherous place but few stay a while y'all will find stories that make y'all turn stories that make your blood curdle i hope that y'all enjoyed the trip and just remember the legend of the shark dies when y'all stop telling the story. Go on now. Get out of here.
And I want to say a special thank you to Mercer Brooks, Reed Marcus, and Jesse Finch for helping me out here at this Chompin' After Dark Travel Agency. I'm Sage Lester. Y'all be safe now. Be well, you hear? And there we go. Mm-hmm.